Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another Bradley Basics uh, podcast. Uh, this is my first stop in Michigan, believe it or not. I'm in Battle Creek. I think there was a TV show about uh, Battle Creek. Wasn't Battle it? Creek CP. Yeah, CP wasn't there. T- PC. TV show. So I'm with a good, really good friend of mine. I haven't seen, I haven't seen uh, my friend Don Howder in like 23 years since we went to Michigan State. So first time I'm seeing him, we've been farting around with each other on LinkedIn. But uh, yeah, he's looking good. He's looking the same. He's got the same uh, humor. He's uh He's a guy I met at Lance Community College. We, I think we met in a parking lot uh, after a Calc 2 class, right? Yeah. Yeah, what was that guy's name? Well, he talked about a plus and minus sign. Like, if you remember that, if you had the plus and minus sign wrong, you, you could be going you Jackson the, or Detroit. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. you would take the delivery to the wrong uh, the wrong city. Right, the wrong city. That's yeah. right. That's right. So, so Don and I go way back. He's actually a guy that really helped me out after I uh, was working for a landlord and was out of work and uh, he's the one that turned me on to framing and pretty much uh, I've been talking a lot on my last podcast about framing how it was really critical to what I do for work now and it really created a passion for me and helped me you know finish up my schooling with uh, the kind of money you would make there so so Don is a uh, he's a civil engineer from Michigan State right yep. Don? Yeah I got his degree in civil engineering yeah and you're a you're a senior uh, construction manager now? That's, yeah that's my title today okay I've had a I've had most of the titles that go with uh, mid-level management for okay. construction. Okay. What can you explain what that means? Like, what what are your you know what? Um, mid-level management, I guess. From so in the construction industry, they start out typically with uh, project engineers, and then you'll go to say uh, assistant project manager. Okay. And then PM. What's and, PM? Uh, project manager. Oh, okay. He's in charge abbreviation of, of it. Run, you know, running, planning, work for a job. And then from there, you can split off into one or two directions. One's uh, stay in the project management side, and two would be more is in the um, actual field. Okay. Directing labor and uh, and working hand in hand with the guys building the project oh that's cool yeah and i didn't get into <clears throat> initially i went into uh i went down the project management side and i was in the office a lot and then uh need they needed somebody to fill in out in the field okay and i was a, a next warm body so they said oh yeah they said you're going out here okay <laughs> first man up eh? yeah yeah, it was cool, and uh, I was like, I, re- I, I was scared, but I really liked it. It was, it was a lot of fun being on the field. That's awesome. Yeah, and kind of, uh, kind of like back in the day, framing, right? Yeah, it was a lot like that. Yeah, except I had to tell people, I had to plan the whole thing. I didn't have to just show up with my tool bag. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so what did is that was that a skill that you had to learn how to do by 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 trial by fire, or how long did it take you to kind of feel comfortable with that? Well, I'm still not comfortable with it, but all right. <laughs> no, it's a, it's something that that you you get somewhat prepared for by you know, knowledge and get the confidence when you're you know you, you know a certain amount of stuff, right? But you really don't get a feel for it and, and get really get immersed when you get immersed into it, right? You become um, is the only way to really learn 
because well, just... it's people, so it's 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 a mixed bag, probably. And yeah. It's not you. It's not like 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 you said eloquently, just showing up with your tool bag, just go to work, know what you're doing, go home. <laughs> now you show up and Johnny's late or. Or, or, yeah, there's They're all these not, different issues you got to deal with, right? These people. Saw blades dull, or yeah, saw blades dull. Or <laughs> somebody, some, some, somebody threw the print away. That kind of stuff. Right, right. <laughs> probably you rather, you know, then you got to decipher whether or not they're doing it on purpose or, or, or yeah, you do it on purpose when the framers, framers, uh, framers. I don't know if you, if you got the same, uh, the same. Uh, I'm searching for the word. Your framers are all about the same in my, in my experience. They uh-huh. all have this this uh attitude that they're right <laughs> right and, and whatever they're doing is the right way to do it and it's the right thing to be doing so they're kind of kind of the uh, in your face sort of shock troops of the uh residential construction world right right exactly exactly like uh our, our friend dk Redman. dk dk all the way who can- <laughs> remember him <laughs> who could forget dk yeah he, he uh yeah, he was he was really a talented guy, but he was. Uh, remember, I remember when my sister sold uh, her car to him, the little Subaru, and and, and she was like, uh, "Well, he just kind of drove away really fast." I said, "Yeah, well, did he pay you?" And she, he's she's like, "Yeah." I said, "Well, that's that's all you need to <laughs> that's all you need to know." And I yeah. don't think he showed up for work for a couple days. days after that. So who knows yeah, what he I was don't... doing? But he was really smart dude. Very talented. I I went to high school with him. Did you we, really? Yeah, we ran around a lot. Uh, during high school mm-hmm. and so we got along and we and then worked together for i don't know was it 96 so i started probably 10 years almost i worked with him yeah and then you then you, you started to go to go then to engineering I, school yeah once i got done with school i you know i didn't see him much after that so i was a little little dis not disappointed but it's sad uh, you know how his yeah right, right. his journey's taken but yeah everybody's well hey, everybody's different everybody's got to walk their own path right so. exactly and he would be the first one to tell you you know you got to march he, he marches to a different drummer right exactly so. <laughs> exactly exactly so all right well that's cool so yeah basically uh i don't know if you've listened to any of my other podcasts but there's it's on apple and stuff like that so there's just a basic questions that um that, yeah it's a really interesting and uh your story is actually way more interesting than mine, Sean. But we'll go through mine. Well, no, no, you're no, you're a big part of it, Don. I keep talking about framing. I mean, I'm doing do construction work. I frame how you know that that whole thing was big for me. It's huge for me. You don't even want to know. I probably never told you that because it didn't really hit me until I uh, until my adult life, like how valuable that was for me. To be honest with you, so you're a big part of it. I'm, not, glad, I'm glad to have been part of it. I've, yeah. I've always enjoyed your company and. And the, oh, yeah. the friendship that we've had. It's oh, awesome! Yeah, definitely, a lot, of, a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. It's just like we, you know, like I haven't seen you in twenty three years. It was like we just, right? Yeah. It's like we never had any time transpire. <laughs> right? It's crazy, right? It is. Yeah. So we, we both look great. Yeah, we both do. I got a Michigan State <laughs> shirt on. I actually made that that color greens on my website. Yeah. So I, you could, I got this website. I could play around. So. I got. One, I can give you one of these. I got an extra. Do you really? I'll take it. All yeah. Right. Hell yeah! If you're giving it, I'll take well, you it. Know, sure. I don't know if you want to get rid of the Bonneville shirt, but yeah. Well, this is a, a car I used to have, you know, so the old Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, there, you know, I just got like five questions. Um, uh, why'd you pick the career that you did? Maybe well, it'd be good. When did, I guess, well, let's take a step back. You know, you were working for a while and then you, you pivoted to getting an engineering. What, 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 what uh, can you explain how that transpired? Uh, 
for me, it was, I don't know, you know, everybody's different. I went to school late. Yeah. I worked, uh, I had uh, some substance. I was an alcoholic, you know, I had abused alcohol. I, I yeah. was a drunk when in high school and early, early part. Right, right. right we talked about that, yeah. And, um, but you overcame that, you know? Yeah, and, and as part fine. of that, I, I started, you know, wanting more out of life. So I started going to community college. And I went to community college for probably on and off. I think I've. I think I was 28 when I started at Michigan State. So okay. roughly 10 years. There was a uh, stint in the National Guard there that I did. That's, uh, you know, uh, that was to help with school. and. Yeah, what was that like? Did you get some discipline from there? Oh, yeah. There? Yeah, that was a, the... Uh, How'd you get into that? Just something you wanted to do? or I wanted to be a helicopter pilot. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was... That close, we can't that, see. I got my fingers an inch apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but I, it was kind of a conniving. I, I, I didn't go about it. In in, in hindsight, it, I kind of forced the issue. Okay. And, well, you uh, like jump protocol or something? Well, a little that... bit. I mean, I had to. I had a drunk driving when I was seventeen. Um, I went into the. I went into the National Guards with the Express purpose of going to heli- flight school of helicopter i started out as a, a private eat nothing mm-hmm. and then as soon as i got back from there i started putting in application for officer candidate school okay okay um got made the you know wasn't any i got into officer candidate school went through that it was through the national guard it took uh they go national guards uh they have summer camp every year so we went first two weeks summer camp then you go 13 weekends over the course of the next year okay and then you finish up with another summer wow, camp. pretty high-paced uh schedule there well it in some ways it's a lot harder than going to off to school it, in regular army officer candidate school because you would you'd find yourself being you'd be there mm-hmm. and in the environment for the entire 12 weeks okay so you get, you know, you don't have to go back to being a civilian and then go back to being a, uh, an officer candidate. Okay. Okay. So anyways, I got through that. I had to get a waiver for my drunk driving charge. Mm-hmm. Um, got a flight school slot, got into as an officer, you get, you had to get into a, a, a unit that was except, you know, that an aviation unit. Okay. So I like got a, like a, divi- is that like a division? Uh well the aviation unit is their um they they that's what they do is he- you know they fly helicopters and do missions that are okay. aviation related. Oh, all right. And they can the division like rescue or bring supplies or something um, like that. They're probably different missions, right? We were in attack helicopter. Oh wow. So is that an Apache? They would have been. At the time when I was there they Is that the same thing with Black they, Hawk Down? Is that the same type of No, that's a uh, Black Hawk. Oh, but, oh, oh, okay. Guess guess what I know about <laughs> what I know about helicopters. Jesus. <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah, that, that's a Blackhawk. The uh the Apaches they didn't have Apaches rouse that we were gonna go co- old school cobra. That's a it's like from Vietnam, you know. Okay. There's, anyway. That's a whole different story. I I'll stick to the scent the uh the 
the, the main points here. Yeah, so you you were you were you had you had the application in. So I got the, I got a slot. Got a slot. Was that like a training slot? Yep, training slot. Okay. I, they had to have a they had to have a, a need for you right. for the so in other words, if they're if you. I'm having a hard time thinking. Well, so like if they they had like some missions coming up where they needed extra pilots no, it's to, like to do something. You got so many. <clears throat> each uh, each platoon mm-hmm. needs a platoon leader, which is typically a lieutenant. Okay. And then a platoon sergeant, and they got all the the enlisted under that. Okay. And then a company makes there's usually like five, five platoons, five. So you got four lieutenant or five lieutenant slots, right? Okay. And then they're run by a, a captain's in charge of that. So okay. All right. There has to be an opening in one of those platoons for a new lieutenant to come in and. Oh, I see. So, I got that slot. That's a flight slot. And then I got you have to go to officer basic course, and and you typically what happens you go to officer basic and then straight into flight school. Oh, okay. So it's ten weeks officer basic and then a year of flight school. Okay. Okay. As three quarters of the way through officer basic. And I got a call from the guy. ADAPSI is the, the acronym, but it's the um, alcohol drug and prevention committee, I guess, or something like that. Okay. And they wanted to know about my waiver. Which was 17. And you're yeah. I mean, I'd already, you didn't have any infractions after that. Right. Right. Yeah. So and you're been, basically at that point I'd been sober for, almost two years Mm -hmm. and the lady at the adapsy place said well you know we see you got a waiver for drunk driving here and she goes well you you should we need you to they wanted me to declare it and i was like no i don't i'd rather not well it was always already kind of taken care of it's taken care of i went through it but i had to it wound up going forward, and I I got booted out of the flight slot. because really? Yeah, and that was in 1988, 89, right in that time frame. And the military was on a what they call a reduction in force, so there, there was not very many positions for people. And the, uh, the colonel that ran the brigade, didn't feel that I was a qualified candidate because um, most all the flight slots were going to uh, the top 10% of graduates from West Point and oh, distinguished military grads out of the ROTC programs. And so um, they kicked that in the pants anyways. <laughs> so do you think that was kind of a, just a, uh, an excuse? Sounds like it to me. Because you got no, this. Because well, you had the slot. I had, right? the, you slot, had the slot. So whatever you know, like wh- it was a political game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the there was and probably still is. It's been a long time since I've been in the military. But there was a the regular army and reserve and national guard. There's a, the regular army looks down on those those people like they're less than mm. and. um this when you're at a training school you're at a regular army base and they sometimes feel like 
at that point, the National Guard was taking up a spot that could have been filled by a regular Army guy. So there's that kind of stuff going on. Yeah, that's dirty pool. I mean, it was. You know. I, I I was I was very bitter about. It. I still I probably I probably still get you know issues from it because well it's I had all my eggs in that yeah, basket. Well, you know, it's the injustice of it. You know, it's it, you know you had you did the training, you waited for the spot, you got the spot. Someone in that. Uh, platoon if i remember all the it's, it, it's pretty yeah, complicated it's you know gave you that slot and so now they start checking things and so you had something when you were a kid and yeah cleaned it, up your i mean I, I never like all the time we were working i knew that you we never did any we never drank anything together no. i mean it was just whatever you know what i'm saying it's you know i don't i really don't drink either i used to you know i like to party with the best of them but i really don't drink anymore <laughs> you know because i really you know well i really can't do it but you know it's not really good for me anyway so you know everybody needs to come back on that can come most people don't have a problem with it yeah you know? well so. it's i think a lot of people do have a problem with it and they just don't want to admit it no you know what i'm saying that too and right? it's just well that's that's unfortunate but i mean like i said you you were huge huge when i met you Mm-hmm. You know, studying with you, we were joking around about the two force member. And, yeah, you know, we studied a lot of math together, and you, you know, you're... math is. Uh, I liked a lot of math, but that leads me into. I was going. One, of the other reason for the National Guard was to help go to school. Right to pay for the school. Okay, and I wasn't really sure what I was going to school for, mm-hmm. and I dinked around for this. Now going on two, you know, I was twenty six some years old. I was. You know, on the verge of several associates' degrees, I had <laughs> yeah. credits and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, it. What it came down to was to back to your question of why I wound up in this is that I didn't like writing. I could write. Yeah. And but I didn't like doing it. It was a, it was a, a lot more work than math. Well, it's and so it, it's a trait of myself too if you listen to my first podcast i i basically couldn't really read yeah or, or i really yeah, could a lot was, of people are like cool story a lot of people are like what like they don't even know that but i really worked hard on that and i read a lot more now but it was just a stigma that i had my in my mind someone said oh you can't do this you can't do that you know let people define you maybe like this is gonna happen when you were 17 it's hard to overcome but if you overcome it you know you become a stronger person you know what i'm saying did you have help overcoming that i mean were your parents did they know that that? No, they didn't really know that. No, no, I hit it. It, it, it was a big anger source, you know. Yeah. That I mean, actually, that's why I'm a good hockey player because I, I actually took it out on on the ice, to, which isn't probably very good either. But that's what that's for, you know. That that's why know, they that, give you a stick. Yeah. So, but you know, <laughs> that's you know, I got to be accountable for yeah. you know my actions and you know, I mean, you know, I've been in jail before for you know tuning up a, somebody, so I don't need to be doing that anymore. You know what Is I mean? That in Tijuana. Well, yeah, Tijuana. Yeah, I mean, you had to bring that up, eh? Yeah, I was 17, believe it or not. How'd you get out? How'd I get out? No, uh, we don't. Yeah, we could talk about it if you want. Why not? You you, you brought up. It's no, I was, no I was, it was crazy. So I was uh, 17. There was a, a friend of mine who his brother lived in um, in San Diego. So we just flew out there. I got a hotel with this kid, and, and we t- you could take these trains down to uh, Tijuana. I had twenty dollars on me. You know, you're rich. Yeah, rich. Yeah, we go in there. We find this bar. Wait at the end of this road. You know, they're, they're selling Dosecchi's for fifty cents. So I think I spent ten ten dollars. <laughs> I was all gooned up. 
And this kid that I was with wanted to go to some kind of, I don't know, girly bar. We go down this middle of the day, go down this, these steps. And I took one step into this place, Don. It was just, uh, it's a smell. I, to this day, I can't even describe it. I got out of there. So I went with the other kid. He was a baseball player. He wanted to get a leather bag or something. So we go and gets gets a leather bag. So I would, there's a beer store next door. So I'm gonna I want to be a buyer because I'd always have people buy me beer. So I want to be a buyer. So he goes. So I bought a Corona. He said, "Keep it in the bag." I said, "I don't need it in the bag." Not listening. Yeah. Drunk, walking down the street, drinking a beer. <laughs> Big Mexican cop comes up. Hey, no drinking in the street. I say, hey, "No problem." I took the beer literally and threw it in the garbage. No problem. And I just kind of kept walking. Drove him against the car, and I kind of panicked. Because the one guy's brother said, hey, if you get those cops down there and throw you in jail for jaywalking. So I'm like, I see the border there. I said, I'll just, this guy's kind of out of shape. I'm, I'm playing junior A hockey. I said, I, I can get away from this dude. <laughs> so so try to get away. That was a bad move. Yeah. In the car I go. And I'm sitting in the car. And uh, there, there, it wasn't like a, they like handles on the car. So I could just, let me, I'll just get out. Do a DK. <laughs> yeah. I'll just get out. Yeah. <laughs> So I, you know, start trying to kick kick my way out. Guy turns around with a can of mace. He goes, I'll mace you. I said, all right. So then, I, then I'm beat. So then they take me up there. They steal my sunglass, find the $10. And I had this chain from my sister had given me. And I and I just, there was no toilets in there. I mean, there's like feces and urine all over the place. And the way they would flush the toilet was just put a hose in there like, you, like you're up at a cabin. And the pressure difference would flush it. So it would be going all over where. And. Then you'd see people leave the cell, and and those were the dudes that would go around to all the other cells trying to get if anybody had anything left. And then I finally got on the horn and was able to get a call in. I called called my buddy, and he was all hiccup. <laughs> I said, "Reed, you got to come and get me." <laughs> that was his name. So I, you never you never get where I'm at. I'm, I'm in jail in Tijuana. Oh, I can't go. I can't go. We can't get down there. And, and so there I sat and sat and uh, in was the, he in the U.S.? Yeah, he was over in San Diego. So. So it goes on. So I, I had a pawn part of my necklace off to use the phone. I kept this charm that was on. I had that in my pocket because I saw what the deal was. Then they moved me up to the second level in the morning. And then all of a sudden, Reed and his uncle are there. And I'm he, they're looking through the thing. At, yeah, that's him. It was like $25. We, oh, we don't have $25. I said, what? This is, this is Reed and his uh, uncle. I said, uh, well... What do you mean you don't have 20? And so then I pulled that charm out and I gave it to the guard. He's like, he was putting it on his watch. He's like, he didn't know what it was. I said, no, no, no. You put it on your necklace. He goes, oh, I like you. You can go. And, and away we went. We hightailed it to the, you know, got through there. And then we're on the monorail thing going back to the United States. And his uncle's like, had the audacity. He goes, I don't mean to be respect, disrespectful, Bradley, but you know, you really smell like shit. And I said, yeah, dude, I've been standing in it for the last 36 hours. <laughs> To this day, I don't like Mexico. I'm, I'm half Mexican, but I don't like going to Mexico. So since you brought it up, yeah, well, it's, 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 a, it's a great it's, story. It's recorded. It's, it's so, a very great story. So I mean, it was. I guess that's why I'm a good sales guy. I'm a negotiator. Yeah. Hey, and you picked up on the fact that you should have held some of that stuff back. Yeah. Because otherwise, who knows? You could still be down there. Yeah. You no. or it might be president of Mexico. Yeah, I'll be like El Chapo. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy down there. It was, it wasn't good, man. I, it's, it's sad. Uh, you know, uh, you just saw the night that the, the morning that they, uh, lined us all up and there's this bull simple guy, like a real small guy. He's like, 
shaking and stuff, and he was in a line. They were billy clubbing people. And so I helped him out. I got him back in line. I said, dude, you better get in line. <laughs> They're going to billy really? club you. And so we walk up to this guy, and he had, it was like the Cool Hand Luke movie. He had the, uh, you know, they had the, like the, the uh, mirrored glasses. And he's like, uh, yeah, $25. I said, I don't have any. I don't have $25. Oh, that's, you know, you're going up to level two. All right, great. Going to level two. Is that at least out and of the And that place didn't even have a toilet. Level two didn't. Level two didn't have a toilet. And then they had transvestites across the way. And then there's this guy that came out of the corner. He had this, all this hair. I think he had lice. He's like scratching his head. He had, he had food. And then he tries to urinate on me. So I have to tell another guy, hey, he's urinating. You know, it's just crazy. And then they gave us like this milk stuff in the morning. I'm like, I'm not drinking this. Next thing I know, you know, I get a parasite. I'm laying down. Yeah. You know, I'm in trouble. I might eat. I'm gonna, I, I was committed to starve. I mean, I was starving. Okay. I was going to starve. I'd have been freaking. And so I gave that and negotiated with that. I gave the cup of the, the white stuff with rice to the guy to get the guy off me that was pe- trying to pee on me. It was crazy. <laughs> but I got out. And here we are doing a podcast in Battle Creek, Michigan. In Battle Creek. How many miles that from Tijuana? <laughs> well, I've driven 1,000 from New Jersey. Really? Years, yeah. So far. So. How long does that take? I was wondering about that. Yeah, about 12 hours. Here. Yeah. 12, 12 hours straight That's up. All. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I guess we're, where are we at? We missed our question. I don't know. We're trying yeah. to figure out why I became an engineer. Yeah, yeah. Why'd you become an engineer? I didn't like writing, and I was good at math. Right. Exactly. Same reason I did. And I knew a guy I had met when I was building pole barn. I met. We were building a pole barn at the the stables out in uh, out at Michigan State. Okay. And the guy who was in, an inspector out there came out, and we, I was talking to him, and he said, "Well, you know." He mentioned something about his background being civil engineering. I mm-hmm. kind of clicked it stuck in my head. It's okay. Yeah. My way. Cause I knew I couldn't frame houses for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. That was going to, it's just really hard on the body. Oh yeah. And, uh, and I knew I was smart enough to do something more than, than that. So well, yeah, cause you're going to be a pilot I and mean, that's yeah. real, that's real high end. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll go into engineering, and at that point, I had Algebra 2 under my belt, mm-hmm. and uh, so I had to take, I don't know, a lot of math classes, and then we ran into each other, and you were going to, you were wanting to do the same thing, and more or less, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it, it really boiled down to, I just didn't like writing, or I was I was too lazy to write. We'll put it that way. Cause I, and, um, and math was easy. So, yeah. Um, it's kind of like how engineers are, I think. And, and, you know, I, I mean, I have to write a lot now. I'm a pretty good writer now. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had, you know, but I've worked at it and, you know, I speak well and so do you. So it's just a matter of like doing it, you know, yeah. it just, it's just, it's just a skill like anything else. That's what I determined about. So it's, I don't know. It, yeah. And so, um, but what, what was interesting is I knew I didn't want to be an engineer, mm-hmm. at least a civil engineer, uh, my senior year, I was like, there's no way that I can do this or it, that I would be satisfied doing it because it's very sedentary and, uh, um, Oh, being a civil engineer. Yeah. Why? Of, Cause you're in the office a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my first, it took me, um, when I graduated, I got I had a BS in civil engineering with a and a focus on environmental. Oh, wow! And it's kind of funny that 
I went into thinking, okay, I'll take this environmental track mm-hmm. because, well, at that time I was, was a bit more liberal than I am now. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> and I was going to change the environment, right? Well, it turned out that environmental engineering didn't have really anything to do with environmentalism. It was all about uh, wastewater treatment plants how to build wastewater treatment plants, design wastewater treatment plants, how uh, water treatment plants for drinking water, that mm-hmm, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of water chemistry. And uh, so it was all right. I, I enjoyed the chemistry part of it. Um, I had to take P-chem. Do you ever have to take P-chem? No. Yeah, it's physical well, it's, physical chemistry. Is a lot of pH, pH stuff. You got to learn about pH. No, it's all uh, theoretical down to the it's it's what uh pchem is what guys who are getting a chemistry degree will oh, take okay and chemical engineers take it oh wow it has to do with uh i don't even remember anymore i just remember it was a one of the hardest classes i ever took at uh very theoretic a lot of therm like thermodynamics and stuff a, a little bit i want to say thermodynamics but that's not exactly it and uh i just know i would never want to take it again yeah <laughs> yeah um but I, anyway i graduated with the 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 uh, environmental engineering degree mm-hmm. the vi- environmental engineering market had just taken a tank so that nobody was hiring for environmental engineering mm-hmm. and um, at that time, I think they were doing uh, greenfield assessments and brownfield assessments where they go in and uh, a brownfield site is one that's previously been developed, but they're going to put a new construction on it and they would assess whether there was uh, uh, hazardous material storage there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Superfund site. Yeah, Superfund. Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff in Jersey. Yeah. So that was all on the decline and nothing was hitting so i graduated in may of 96 and i'd putting out resumes all over the place you know Mm -hmm. trying to find something in my field and then i was seeing stuff on the i actually saw it at at school on the board and went up there and i the um there was advertisements for transportation civil engineer oh okay cool and the requirement was a bs in civil engineering that's when i actually looked at my di- diploma and said well hey it says bs in civil engineering <laughs> yeah <laughs> it doesn't yeah. say anything about civil engineering yeah. so um wound up with two job offers uh one from a guy that i told him i didn't want his job but he convinced me to interviewed second time for it oh yeah yeah the chinese guy down in toledo ulrich chang and associates name of the company and then this other job that come came up was a uh almost similar to what you're doing with the, it was a sales engineering mm-hmm. for a metal trust company oh okay yeah and i took them both how'd you do that so well, you had two jobs and, and no in retrospect and one of my friends told me at the time he said well why didn't i i told him i'd show up the same day <laughs> same time 
<laughs> when you should have told him you should show up at different times, right? Well, I should have offset them by a week, you know. Then if I didn't like the first one, I could jump into the second. Oh, one. I got you. Yeah. Well, I I'm driving down to work. And I still hadn't made up my mind. It's seven o'clock Monday morning, mm-hmm. and I'm driving down two seventy five in uh, Detroit area. Yeah, I'm thinking, okay, to go into Toledo, towards Toledo. I, one, I get to the. I said, okay, at this fork in the road, whichever way I go, that's the job I'm going to take. So if I go to the left, I'll take the sales job. If I go straight, I'm taking the engineering job. And then I, so I went straight. I was like, shit. I didn't want to do that, but okay, I can make another decision down here. At, uh, so you're literally driving Michigan. to these jobs. Literally driving to the job, <laughs> trying to decide. And in, in reality, Brad, what's funny is I want the the end of the story is I took the wrong job. Uh-huh. I showed up at the engineering job. Prior to that, when I was making my decision, I flipped a quarter. I ain't not kidding you six times. Uh-huh. And every time it came up, the sales job. Yeah. And I don't know if it was, it must, it was fear of the unknown. Cause that was way out of what I was. Oh, it's just solving problems. I mean, it's just solving problems. Sales. You'd be good in sales. I, I, I went, I've always thought about. And Do you have regrets that you didn't yeah, make that I, turn I, to go to the I, sales I, job and, and, and listen to the coin flip? I called them up at lunch and said, dude, I made a huge mistake. Can I, can I have a second chance? Uh-huh. He goes, well, I don't know. Call me tonight. That didn't sound too good. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I called him back that night. And he goes, yeah. Uh, boss says if uh, the owners, he didn't say boss, said the owner said if he, you know, if he doesn't really need somebody that can't make up his mind about something like this to be doing what he wants him to do. So the answer is no. And I was in that, I, wa- I was like, I'm not kidding you. I hated that job. Really? And it was, in the end, I wound up getting divorced anyways, but I almost wound up getting divorced in 1998 because I was, oh, really? I was so unhappy at that job. Oh, God. That, yeah. And so miserable. I remember I finally started looking for other work. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been my experience that every time, anytime I've, start looking for other work when the offers come in it's always more than one there's no, it never yeah. is an easy choice where you know or there's always it seems like i always have to decide something yeah you know? yeah yeah and um I, I remember the day i had been stripping my office for the week a week prior probably two weeks prior getting all my personal stuff out of there and uh-huh so the only thing there was the job in Toledo. You mean? Yeah, it was uh-huh. actually in Canton, Michigan. Oh, Canton, but the Michigan. company, the headquarters was in Toledo. Mm, okay. And I remember going in that last day. I had two job offers that I was pretty sure one one of them was going to come through. Mm-hmm. And I came into the office, and we were in a, a strip mall type of thing, you know, like where you see dentist office and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And we had. It was it was in two different office spaces with a different another company in between us, mm-hmm. and I came in, and it was it was nobody in my side, and so I go over and the the guy's name was Jay Jay Lou, 
and uh, a sawed-off Chinese gentleman. Mm-hmm. And I say, hey, Jay, is there anything you want me to do? Is it over here? No, Mr. Chang, come see you. It's all good. I want to see him. <laughs> oh, this is the the John Ken, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so I literally am in my that whole other office by myself and thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm done here. Because mm-hmm. I was done. I was. He comes in and he goes. What didn't you like about the job? Uh, it was just so, it was very sedentary. We were designing subdivisions. Oh, okay. And you would do a road profile of a subdivision, and you'd have to, like, I was I had to do CAD, and uh-huh. I'd never done any CAD. And I was doing uh, Windows, I think it was 95. It was, like, the first Windows-based AutoCAD mm-hmm. that they were using. And I got, so I was, you know, all right with it. But I was never proficient. Mm-hmm. And, um we would do prof- you do you do a road profile and you you get the center line and then you get the slope down to the curbs and then the curb pan the gutter pan and the, and the curb and then out and you'd lay out uh the subdivision lot lines mm-hmm. working off of a uh, so you work for like a, like a big builder or something right no he was he would uh well yeah that that would be the I would have been our client, mm-hmm. a, a, a developer mm-hmm. would have been the client for that particular one. They did a lot of work for uh, Ohio Turnpike on 80, oh, 90. Wow. So you had, uh, you had state work. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, to this day, I still prefer the uh, Ohio DOT specs to the Michigan DOT specs. Oh, yeah? Why yeah. is that? I, uh, Ohio uses some really nice limestone. I think it's because there's a lot of limestone quarries in in Upper Ohio. Okay, well, and, does that help the grading of the road? Yeah, it's just and the, the way that they numbered it, and it's like four hundred threes and four hundred twos. That's uh, I still remember what that is, and I still can't tell you what that the equivalent M dot is, but it's like three quarter to one inch limestone, and the four hundred twos were clean with no fines, mm. and the four hundred threes or four hundred fours had fines in them, so. They learn. Oh, yeah, it's technical. All that stuff's technical. Yeah, right? it, you know. it, and I, what they wound up doing was put me on uh, construction inspection and surveying. Mm-hmm. And the surveying was kind of cool. Nowadays, it's even, you would go out and, uh, have you ever done any, did you do any surveying in college or anything? No, no. The surveying back then, you would, in college, you just went out with a, a pole and uh, you would do, lengths and stuff like that these guys had uh modern equipment and you they, they had lasers and they had the total station machine and you'd go out and hold uh the rod guy would you'd have an equipment guy and a and rod guy a rod guy'd hold the reflector yeah yeah and you'd go you'd say what it is you shot like a center line of road curb gutter top of curb back of curb you know 20 foot in you describe whatever it was you're shooting you're, yeah 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 like a tree you'd go 12 inch, 12 inch deciduous tree, you know, one set offset. So they, that would, and he'd punch in the code and that, that tell the program to, from wherever that point was, it would offset it back a foot. So it was actually. Well, I mean, you totally have to be engineered to do all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was that's, cool. It's complicated, you know? And I wasn't very good at it, though. We had to, anyway, long, the, 
wrap it up, I they put me on a couple of construction projects as a construction inspector down okay. on the Ohio Turnpike. Okay. And you think that led you into your construction, construction yeah, management like, well, job that you got yeah, going on now? I went into uh-huh. construction management. That was the two jobs that I was looking for. Actually, the two jobs that I had when I quit that job, mm-hmm. well, one was for a design firm and the other one was for a general contractor. And Because uh, Mr. Chang came in about an hour later and said, I told him I got a solution to our problems. I quit. He says, "You don't. You're not quitting. I'm laying you off. Here's two weeks pay. Get out of my office and never come back." <laughs> he didn't say that, but that's yeah. what he made. Well, he offered me. The, you know, he gave me the the use. Oh, well, that's of, that's fair. Yeah, he was more than fair, and you know, well, it just hey, you know, it, work did, out. it didn't work out, and you you, you know, through that trials and tribulations, you realize that you could you know be now you're a senior construction manager, and so I mean that's just how you how you figure things out, you know. Yeah, there's yep. nothing wrong with that. No, it, nothing it, wrong with that at all. That's how you find you. I guess the I've never been out with the exception of 2008. In 2009, yeah, in 2010, it was actually end of 2008 through 2010. Um, I was out of work for almost two years. Oh, really? Wow. I was out of construction for two years. That I, I did a job for uh, odd jobs and stuff like that. But other than that, I mean, it's been been steady, right? Been steady. You can always find. I've been. I've worked at. I worked for. Well, well that's a good thing, you know. Yeah, I worked for Ulrich Chang. I worked for uh d maria they're a general contractor in the detroit area mm-hmm. then i work for a company called skanska which yeah, is i know skanska i do a lot of work with skanska yeah, in the city yeah they're uh we, we did the yankees in new jersey we did the yankee stadium oh really okay and the giant stadium with them cool yeah i didn't know get over there i worked for them for about eight years yeah skanska is a big outfit yeah yeah they're worldwide mm-hmm. uh 2008 came and they closed the Michigan office and I was out the door there. And then, uh, I went back to De Maria a couple of years later mm-hmm. on an opportunity there. I wound up having to go back to a, uh, an entry level position, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. I'd been out of the construction game for so long. And then they put me in as a superintendent and I worked for a company in Lansing called Crispin as a superintendent. And then now I'm, uh, now I'm with this company, Perry Construction Management. We do uh, construction management for the food and beverage industry. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I've had a lot of different experiences, but, uh, you know, I've had road experience. Yeah. Maybe you can bring your, bring your environmental passion into the, uh, Actually, when uh, the food thing, I, well, with Christmas, I was work. I did. Uh, I built a big addition on the East Lansing's uh, wastewater treatment plant. Oh wow! That was right in the. It was like, uh, the construction didn't have anything to do with my degree, but the processes that we were building mm-hmm. and, and that I was able to, you know, fall back on that to understand what was going on. I got I got into a niche where I like industrial projects uh wastewater treatment plants boiler plants very, those are very important projects we're yeah. talking about yeah they're very and they're 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 interesting mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah absolutely all right well cool let's move on to the you know question two uh did you have a mentor or coach along the way i didn't you didn't no i would <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's a, i i i've heard of them yeah i at uh Crispin, which i worked at from 2000 
2017 to 2019, they were in the process of in, not instigating, but instituting. Yeah, instituting a, uh-huh. a mentoring program. Yeah, uh, but I, I felt a little funny about it, and I actually never met the guy. I never even know who was supposed to be my mentor, um, because it's you know I'm looking at that point. I got 20 plus years of experience and. Well, yeah, you usually get that, you know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, high-level thing. Like, do you think you could be a mentor to some, to a younger employee at this point? Yeah, I could. I, I think you could. I, and uh, Would you want to do that? Yeah, it would be. Uh, yeah, you have you have kids, right? Yep. Okay, yeah, similar, I, similar, you know. Because there's a big, there's a big, there's a big shift I for where I'm seeing, like, uh, you've got, you know, I'm 49, you know, you're a little bit older than me and, you know, but there's a lot of young kids coming in and they're very, very intelligent people in my book and mm-hmm. they need a little guidance and a little help on the job and take some of the uh, experience you have and, and help them out, make them a better employee and, you know, maybe quick, quicker to the, uh, to the end of, you know, to the result, you know, that's kind of what I'm starting to realize about people I'm working with. I've been, uh, I've been impressed with the, quality of young people that i've dealt that i've been associated with mm-hmm. uh their it's their professionalism and uh actually i've learned more from them than than i've been able to teach them i but uh yeah um i i hear a lot of stories about young people not people being worried about the work ethic and stuff and mm-hmm. i think that they've been saying that for a long time my like i say my experience there's always people that are gonna um you're always gonna have layers there's the, the well, ones that rise are, to the top and, well I think people become um I don't know if I really coin that as negative, but when they don't understand something they uh start making up they start gossiping about it or make up some kind okay. of you know. Uh, you know in sales it's called like a deflection really yeah like they they deflect it they say oh yeah they're that and they're just deflecting because really deep down they don't know they don't understand the computer or something where a lot of kids come in they get you know i'm i mean i'm good with computer but to me it's like a tool i just sit there and learn it you know we're engineers we can learn stuff right just really a motivation thing right so all right cool um well what what point or stage of your career did you pivot into management i mean at the kind of you went through the Question one, and you know, you were working a job, you didn't like it. It was sedentary, you're sitting in an office, mm-hmm. and you got a chance to get out on a on a, a state job, and that 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 seems to me might be the pivot to uh, you know get into your construction management. Do yeah, you think? I, I had to uh, had to re- learn all the skills for construction management. Mm-hmm. They the problem solving uh, from engineering uh, goes a long way. Yeah, but there's uh, industry specific stuff that. I didn't have a clue what they were talking about. They talk about submittals and shop drawings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, and I'd be mm-hmm. scratching my head. And, um, yeah, but you learned how to do oh it. Oh yeah. Right? Once I learned it, I was, I was like, Oh yeah, this makes perfect sense. And it was right in my, again, it was in my wheelhouse. I was mm-hmm. very comfortable reviewing shop drawings and uh, yeah. Yeah. Making sure they're right. Making sure they're right. Making sure that what, you know, the way it works in uh, construction, you probably experienced it as, um, as a general contractor, we take the plans and specs and start building the project. And you got to make sure that all the stuff that the owner or the 
shareholders want in their project is meets the specs. Right, right. And you got to make sure that, you know, uh, designers are people too. They're not, they're, they make, you know, they, they don't all, they don't, not everybody has enough. There's never enough time for the designers to do as thorough a job as you're going to need. If there wasn't, we would never have RFIs. Right, yeah, right. Um, yeah. So you take that, you take the information, you compare it against what's in the spec and what, what it has to, what it has to fit into physically and what has to power it. Mm -hmm. So you got to make sure that those two things are lined up and, uh, it, there's more, there's different structural drawings have their own set of, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's really like when, when it hits the job, that's where your job is critical. Where you got to get the, you got to get everything put together and you start actually yeah, you doing wanna, it. You don't want to find out it doesn't work. Yeah. When the steel shows up to the job. <laughs> right. And it's short, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I had a guy, funny story is, uh, uh, owned a iron Cat, or, uh, building steel supplier out of he was out of sarnia oh yeah in canada, canada. i played some hockey there yeah and uh <laughs> he was telling me i was at, we were building a school in uh frazier yeah uh, i played hockey there too did you yeah damn yeah that's what the detroit junior red wings uh rink was at oh, frazier really? hockey okay yeah. yeah yeah detroit's got a lot of they got actually got a little uh i got a couple of hockey rinks here one in battle creek the battle creek bees oh yeah and then uh k wings are out in kalamazoo yeah i played against the kalamazoo k wings yeah, yeah. that's where mike canuba played uh, oh mike canuba he, he, he was he went off the university of michigan he's from east kent or he's from kentwood he's a canadian guy he's actually he's from uh he's in the nhl for 17 years something like that yeah I'm I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, no. So anyways, yeah, sorry, I'm sidetracking you. Sorry. <laughs> but this guy, we were talking about a beam a member that, and uh, he did. He said there were two things. He said he goes, well, I don't just pull this information out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then he one the other one was about because we were reviewing shop drawings. He goes, he was in that Canadian accent. I can't do it, but. He's like, I, I can't just take a chipper out and chip off some of the steel. That's got to fit with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, Sarnia. That, yeah, that's, yeah, Sarnia. That's over by Port Huron, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, straight across the river. All right, that's cool. Well, um, we'll go to question four. Like, what, you know, to stay and thrive at your, your current management level, like, what are you doing? What are your goals? Are you working on new stuff or are you working on the people part of it? Or what are some things you're working on to kind of, Stay well, there and thrive, and then you know, I've I've I struggled a lot in my career because of my um, uh, really because of my mouth. I I say things before I think about it, and uh, some people don't think it's all that funny to me. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, I've over well, the, at least you you know at least you acknowledge it. That's, yeah, that's well, the first it, step, right? You yeah, know? and I've I've uh, I've had to work on people skills mm -hmm. a lot and constantly and in the last i'm always i'm always i i don't read a lot mm -hmm. i listen to audio books and uh, uh i focus on how to you know I've, I've listened to how to win friends and influence people about four times yeah and, yeah uh, i focus on uh 
just how to deal with people and, and uh, psychology ones, like uh, the psychology of, of uh, how people, how, of, of, not of the psychology of the deal, but just how people think. And you, you know, try to. Well, give me a scenario. Well, um, like give me a typical scenario at work. We'll start with, you know. Well, we'll we go with what happened today. All right, let's talk about today. Today, the uh, we, we I work at uh, at Kellogg's. I don't work for Kellogg's. I work at Kellogg at their Battle Creek plant. And they Kellogg's, make, that's a cereal company? A cereal company. Okay, yep. that's a big outfit. And they make, um, primarily at this plant, they make Raisin Bran, Raisin Bran Crunch, Special K, Rice Krispies, uh, Mini Wheats, brand, you know, bite-sized frosted yeah, yeah. Mini Wheats, and a few other uh, cereals like Apple Jacks and uh, Fruit Loops, that kind of thing. Yeah, the whole kit caboodle sounds yeah. like to me. And they got the they got the factory side, mm-hmm. and then they have uh, a warehouse side. Anyways, I guess that doesn't matter. Where these guys were working on the warehouse roof, uh, okay, and they run for whatever reason they run they have all the gas pipe for these air handling units on the roof and it's been it's in pretty bad shape so they're up there grinding it and they they used a a gas generator well began that's you're not on the roof on the roof which is okay there's like an engine drive or yeah just a little honda generator so they could run their grinders okay and they got, you know, they had a, the fuel in their safety can and metal fuel. So that was okay. But to get it to the roof, you're not supposed to take it through the building. Right. Okay. So you can contaminate the food. Right. And it, there's fire hazards and yeah, this, the, you know, explosion. There's just a, a lot of reasons they don't. It, the biggest one is I'm, I would have never thought about contaminating the food, but um, they have, they don't want fumes because it, makes the food taste bad anyway oh yeah of course yeah so anyway these guys i get a call so these guys are what contractors or they're con- painting contractors it's the end of the day i get a call from uh my contact he says hey that somebody somebody from kellogg called me and said they spilled gas all over the warehouse i said what you know what's at there was a time when that would have just set me off and I'd have started. Yeah. Are we watching our language on here? I'd have yeah. MF'd everybody on, on yeah. the job site, you know, and uh, threatened to throw people off and all this other, you know, just blustering kind of stuff. Right, right. Remember the guy that brought his uh, Hitachi, Hitachi skill saws? Oh, that guy, uh, Troy. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Remember I didn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's how I act a lot of times. That yeah, I acted poorly to him as a, well too. On a job site, I'll be uh, you know, you yeah. The last summer I was there, I was supposed to get on the roof and actually start putting the roof together, but and and then Troy jumped up there and then he got the nail gun. And he put a nail through his hand. Remember that? Was I still there? I, I, I yeah, I think you. Well, you you were on the Campbell had so many different jobs. You, yeah, you know, you were on all these different jobs, but yeah, he that guy would come in and yeah, I I got weird with him and then. Casey, remember Casey? Oh yeah, Casey. Like yeah. Casey whipped me in line one day, and I was like, "All right." So, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 so you're saying all, so? Saying today was a pretty. That's a pretty, pretty uh, 
shall we say, uh, serious safety violation on a lot of levels. You got contamination, you've got fire. It's a known thing. And so these guys just and they don't in. like contractors. Okay. All right. So and you you held your cool. You didn't you didn't yell and scream. Nope. I yeah. was like okay. That's that's let's good. Figure out what's going on. Yeah. Let's see who's what's let's, up. Let's verify that there's actually a problem. There you go. Yeah. And so I geared up and went out, and I was I had my offices in the warehouse, so I walked through the area, and when I came out, I, I caught a faint smell of gasoline okay you're not supposed to smell any gasoline right in right there and i verified with some other guys and i was like oh shit because it, it it could have if it it turned out they didn't spill the gas but if they had it would have been even a huge more of a deal but i didn't know it at the time anyways i went out there and i i had to confront these guys and ask them what the deal was you know mm-hmm. and they they were actually getting kind of of a smart ass with me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a, I've learned over the years that I just kind of, I can let that go and I can be, you know, I can joke with them about it. I guess, you know, if it becomes serious, I was like, okay, you guys want to tell me what's going on, mm-hmm. find out what's going on. Um, they had brought the, the, they had indeed brought the generator and a gas can through the, the warehouse it's about 1500 feet that they oh had yeah those warehouses are traipse around and get yeah. through there but that's why another guy came out there with me and i said i so i explained to those guys that they're not supposed to have it in there and i get the whole song and dance but well how are we supposed to get it up there blah blah it's like well, well maybe you ask somebody yeah you figure out uh, you you know you're not supposed to do it let's figure out a way to get it done anyway basically diffused that situation and everybody was you know they knew they weren't supposed to bring it in there anymore they told me that they hadn't spilled any so i had to go back through and verify i followed their path and actually mm-hmm. a couple of times couldn't find any any gas spots, any gas uh-huh. um what we think it wound up happening was it was you know whatever it is outside right now 85 it's probably feels like a hundred on that road. Yeah, the fume of the gas has come out of the can. Yeah, and uh, it just stunk up the place going through. So, it, you know, I called the Kellogg guy and said, hey, I don't find any gas on the floor. The smell's dissipated, and uh, I don't think there's a big issue. Mm-hmm. Could have easily went. There was a period of my career where that would have went completely sideways <laughs> well you know it have. goes back to just basic laws you know like people are innocent until proven guilty yeah okay that's basically why that law is there so if that's you think, not that's not the way it goes in construction yeah well you know you that's what i mean you could go <laughs> but you took your time yeah you got your stuff and what you find out is when people get defensive so they're kind of tipping their hand they've already they know they they did something mm-hmm. incorrect and the, the whole thing was they didn't see a clear way of getting the gas to where they had to go to work and they didn't take the time to put a call into somebody right. like yourself or whoever might They just been. wanted to get out of there because it was 2.30 on Friday and they'd been on the hot roof all day. Right, exactly. So maybe if circle back around those guys with the dust settles, maybe on a Monday, Tuesday, whatever, just say, hey, all right, so this is how you get gas up there or whatever. You put together yeah, that's a procedure, a good idea. You know, put together a procedure and go – and so then you've got your bases covered, yep. and that's where the writing comes in with the email, right? 
<laughs> and you you email it there, and you just and then you and then you just say, all right, we're in agreement, and then and then, yeah. then it's then it's on them, and then and if they go against that, then you're like, well, here it is, buddy. So we're gonna have to find another painter, yeah. bro. I mean, that yeah, easy. Yeah, it's a, yeah. You don't like to, you don't ever like to throw the hammer right at the on the first one. But. No, no, because then that, you know, when you do that, you you know, from a sales standpoint, you've you've kind of you've weakened your negotiation. Okay position you know you're you're the man of authority you're the guy of authority so don't ever weaken that by you could just you could just do like you did old school and like just do that a different way you know yeah. you just that's interesting you know you don't have to it's like you don't have to go there you could just say I, we, we don't need this contractor anymore you just write it into the spec and then he's out really yeah. you can do that yeah sure why not yeah you can do a lot of things if you're if you're in a position of authority i mean if that if you can do that but you know, I mean, it's just like I say, like you, you handle it perfectly, you know, but yeah, there was a, it, so it, I don't even remember what the question was, bro. Well, no, no, you're just, <laughs> you know, your level manager, how you're going to oh, stay yeah. there and thrive. So that was just a skill set that you're working on, you know? And there's a, I've been doing it a long time now. There's a part of me that wants to. Well, it's kind of like, that's the wants easy, to pivot again, I guess. Yeah, well, that's it. the easy way out. Yeah. Like it's the easy way out to get aggressive with somebody. Yeah. That's that, easy to do. That's why people do it. Okay. It's very easy to do. It's very, it's very it hard to go the other way. And it doesn't get you what you want. And when you struggle through that, because it is a struggle, and you get to the other side, you just become stronger. If you would have went and did that, you would have felt weaker. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that you didn't, you can build off of that. You can build off of it, and you can... You know, for me, it's like, it's, uh, oh, I don't have to do it the, I, you know, the old way. I, right. There's a, this way works much better. Yeah. And I don't go home with a stomach ache and. Right. And, uh. Yeah, because you got to get yourself worked up to do that. You do. It takes energy and it's a wasted energy. It is. And, and it's exhausting and, it, and it's, it's uh, cancerous in a sense and it, it wears on you. And that's not how you have to be anymore. Yeah, yeah. I probably never had to be that way to begin with, but yeah. Well, hey, you got to learn. We all got to change. Like I said, in one of my podcasts, you know, uh, change is the price of survival. You know, you have to change with the times, and if you don't, you're not going to survive. So you have to learn how. To, and the first step is just recognizing that. Okay, yeah, I need to work on that. Like with me, yeah, I need to read more. So I start. What I start doing? Read like little magazines. Yeah, you know, and uh, started reading more. And now I had, like during the COVID, I finished up two books. I started two other books and, uh, you know, now I'm like reading, reading stuff and, you know, I'm, you know, am I like some speed reader, you know, no, I'm not a speed reader, but I, I read, I take the time and I and like you comprehend. it. I like it. I take my time. What'd you read? I wrote that negotiation book, uh, finished up Jordan oh, Peterson. Never split the difference? Never, you said you had an audio book on it. Yeah. Yeah. Never split the difference. That was a really good one. Uh, negotiations. Um, I use that too. Yeah. I use, yeah, I used it recently. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, uh, also, too, I finished up the Twelve Rules of Life, Jordan Peterson. That's a okay. hard book to read. Is it? Yeah, that guy's like, he's Canadian dude. He's like, he's a brilliant guy, genius, uh, just about life and taking. You know, he's a you know he's a doctor and stuff, and you know, clinical psychologist, and you know, that's a good one. And then I also did uh, Energy Vampires. It was about an empathy book. You know, like uh, I have a lot of empathy, and, and you know, that was something okay. I learned about myself, and it's something I finished up. And uh, what does that mean, an energy vampire? Well, like, you know, you, um, like my, 
past life, uh, I, I have a lot of empathy, a lot of energy, right? So people in my life have latched on to me because they don't have that. And they manip- try to manipulate me and I let them. I didn't realize it and um, sucked a lot of energy out. But that's what my, uh, my past marriage was all about. And uh, I just didn't realize it, you know, because um, I'm a type of guy, if I make a commitment, I stand through it. And there's just, you know, I could go into the, all the real negative things, but I just had another situation I dealt with where I kept thinking, okay, this seems to be like the same thing. I just can't mm-hmm. understand it. And, uh, you know, I was, I was seeing, uh, I work with a professional guy I had for the last four years and we worked on this and he, uh, you know, we've done enough work where I'm going to be on my own for a while, but he, he turned me onto this book and I read it and it was, it was to me to a T. Okay. And it was something that was, it was, uh, people that I was dealing with, you know, it was, you know, uh, classified, uh, by, uh, you know, psychology, uh, you know, the, the medical field is like a personality disorder. That's the people I was dealing with and, and everything about them was exactly what I was dealing with. Hmm. You know, I did just didn't understand it. Cause as an, as an engineer, I had to just understand, you know, why is this happening? Is there something wrong with me? And, it, and quite honestly, it's just who I am. And, and I just break now. I just it can identify these people quicker now. You know right. what I mean? And I just pivot away from them. And it, so I state my new thing now is just to stay neutral. So I stay neutral and I, and I let the person dictate which way I go. You really? know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I just it takes a lot of self, self-control and self-awareness. I yeah. Self-awareness. Right. So prices, you know, I was getting angry too, like, you know, coming home and stuff. And I just, cause I couldn't figure it out and yeah. I figured it out. You know, I figured it out. I understand now. Now, just cause you figure something out, you still have to do the work and, Right. implement the thoughts right. and do all this other kind of thing. But what you talked about here with, the, with your situation, you did, you did good and you're going to feel better about that. Yeah. You know, it's Friday. You're going to enjoy the weekend with your you know fiance and stuff like that. And your new, your new cool dog. And, and you'll just, it'll, it'll hit you probably, you know, Sunday morning, man. It was, and that's an accomplishment. You cool have to, dog, you have to, it? yeah, it's a cool dog. You have to look at moments like that, Don, that you went through as accomplishments. Right. Okay. Cause they are. And you got to learn to, yeah recognize it and, and it's different it's uncomfortable right it was uncomfortable to do that because the easy thing was to go the other way right and it was uncomfortable you know but but that is that is growth that is just you trying to grow you know so anyways that i don't want to go so go, get so deep with you but that's just uh i'm gonna start crying bro. yeah you're gonna start crying bro? <laughs> all right well no, all right look, fifth and, not... yeah fifth and final question you know, if you if you could do it all over again what would you change I would, uh, I say this, I've, I've said this a lot. I wouldn't, I would change my, which degree I took. Okay. I would have, I would have, I would have got a uh, degree in mechanical engineering. Okay. I would still be an engineer, but, uh, that my career path actually has taken me in uh, close contact with mechanical engineers for boiler projects and stuff like that. And it just, they do some really cool stuff mm-hmm. that uh, um, I would have probably, I would, I would probably, I would, that's it. That's probably the only thing I'd, I'd do. Well, I'd do different, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I'd try, man, <laughs> you can't say what would you do different. You know, you know no, that's I would something. try and be open more, you know, well, that's what's, that's... To, to take more risks Yeah, because um Anything that I feel that it has been a, uh, a disappointment or a failure is usually stemmed from uh, 
avoiding taking a risk. Mm-hmm. And the things that I've, uh, I feel good about involve taking a risk. And uh, yeah, maybe like this interaction today, right? Yeah, this was, I, I tell you, dude, I've been gripping about this thing for two weeks. You don't know how many times I almost called you up and said, Sean, I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, what, the podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, had been, some, I had someone bail on me on my way here, but, you know, that's fine. No, but, you know. How do you feel I about it now? I, I, I you think it was good. good. It just wants to get going. It's it's you get I get all these things going in my head. It's like, oh, Sean, you know, he's he's probably going to be driving a big old Lincoln. And <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I yeah. just that's a, well, that's a joke yeah. between us. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, you start comparing yourself to what other people's outside looks like, and you, you know, I get, I get, yeah, I get wrapped up in my head. And what I really want to do is, I, you know, I, I wanted to participate in this because I can see that it, it's, it's a really cool thing that you're doing. I appreciate that, and uh, it, it is. I, it's, it takes a lot of. Uh, takes a lot of guts to do something like this and uh because this could spin off in a lot of different avenues yeah. for you that uh, have uh there could be a lot of rewards in this for well you'd be a part of it doc um i mean that's why i'm here like well, you think i just picked your name out of a hat well no i'm here for a reason <laughs> you know what i'm saying you're yeah. a critical guy in my life i learned a lot from you um you know, you helped me out big time in a, in a time of need. And maybe, you know, we can start, you know, I'd, I'd you know start, be, start is... being, you know, friends again. You know, like, I, there's no reason why. I, I, it's not like, oh, Don Hodder, what an SOB. I'm not gonna, I just didn't, you know, we, that's life. We just go yeah. and now we come back and here we are. So we could take this as a moment in time and get back together and talk and do whatever. And you you could. I appreciate I, that. Yeah. You could bounce shit off me and. I've been doing a lot. Of th- I've dealt with a lot of crazy shit. I've been out in New York City for twenty three years, dude. I, I've you've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of crazy. You know, a lot of. I got the Detroit one. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to compare myself no, no, or I, I, put myself on a not. pedestal or this, that, and the other thing. But no, it's you're just like very the, humble about the str- your accomplishments. Yeah, yeah, the struggle. You know, it's the struggle. You know, you see these little emojis on the. You know, when you text them, the struggles really see some kid. You know, but it is. <laughs> What's it the is. hundred? Hundred percent? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I do that a lot. Hundred percent. You know, you got to do stuff hundred percent. Like do. people look at this podcast. You're, oh, look at this stuff. Well, I, a good friend of mine who, it was an engineer, talented guy, was working for Lincoln. Had it, had it made in the shade. You know, yeah, he's a, he's a legit actor. That was his passion, and he went to NYU. And he's a, he's an actor. He's the one that turned me on all this stuff. But he's the one that's going to edit all this stuff for us, oh, really? make it sound cool, make it sound right. So he was an engineer. He was an engineer. He wanted mechan- to be an actor. Actor, yeah. Cool. And people, you know, he's legit. I mean, he went to NYU. He was at Shakespeare in the Park. He's he has a book, two gigs. Like a lot of these actors, they speak so well. That's what you learn how to do and the breathing and all these different things and um, how to present and things like that. So he's doing. Uh, he just got booked two gigs with do, to do voiceovers, so actually to read books, these audio books. He'd be the guy that'd be reading it. Yeah, and you can make doing that, reading some books, you make eighty large a year. Really? But he's ultimately trying to get a, a you know, like a a film or a Broadway show. But right now, New York is shut down. But he was on Shakespeare in the Park right out of the gate, and you know, he's he's a talented guy, you know. But here's a guy, same guy, made a shift, made a pivot, and uh, because he wasn't happy. Yeah. All right, just like you uh, 
doing uh, you know the drawings for the neighborhood. You just weren't happy. That takes courage, right. okay? And you should use that as success. Is takes courage. Going up and dealing with the situation day took took courage. You you handled it the right way. Uh, there's a little bit of follow up you can do to even solidify it more. And maybe that could be your new your new process towards yeah. handling these different conflicts. And you know maybe that's something we can work on. You know if you have something at work that you want to talk about, call me on the phone. I'll pick up the phone. We wrap about it right then and there and. Maybe we could work yeah, through it real quick, you know, because it's, you know, sales is people like people, they call it sales. Sales is pretty tricky, tr- tricky oh, yeah. stuff when people are spending money. And, and when you're in, when you're a sales engineer and uh, there's a lot of things you got to know how to do. And, and, uh, you know, it's great. Well, the, uh, you, uh, a couple of guys I listen to are, uh, they're, uh, Ziggler, Zig Ziggler. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, the one I've been interested in lately is a Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn, okay. R O H N. He's yeah. he's dead now, uh, but he, Tony Robbins was yeah. Uh, that's who Tony Robbins learned his stuff from. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, and um, they're they're they basically made they talk about how to build a life. But they they made their they made their mark selling. Zig Ziglar was selling pots and pans, you know. So yeah, There's yeah, a, selling sell, is, selling yeah. is not easy. I no, no, I, it's about emotions. Like I said, we'll just start working from here on out, Donnie. So I mean, all right, all right well, hey, I think well, this is a good podcast, bud. It's, I, I think it. It, yeah, I, it was I, great. I'm glad you came over. Yeah, I'm glad, hey, I'm glad <laughs> I came over too. So um, I'll take you to a tour on Battle Creek. Yeah, yeah well, I'll take we, the top off the jeep. Yeah, we could do that. Oh, is that your white Jeep out there? Yeah. yeah, we'll tool around, sure. Um, maybe go grab a sandwich or something. Absolutely. Yeah, well, hey, you know, I, I, you brought up that Tijuana story, so Tijuana, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Over and out. Hope out. you guys learned something from right, me, thanks, my buddy, buddy Don Howder. Take care. Peace out.